Hello and welcome to my first ever podcast episode of How to Live Your Best Life with Brianne Downey. I am your host, Brianne Downey. I am a certified life coach and I am so excited to finally be here recording this. So let's dive in. Hello. I am so excited to be doing this. Um, I have wanted to record a podcast for quite some time now. Um, I actually started thinking about it. I think it was in like February or something. And um, we just had a lot of life happen. And then recently I've been trying to record this episode for like several months now, but my son started school and I'm sure you can tell my voice is a little nasally. <laughs> we have been fighting off. This is like our third round of a cold, but we are on the mend. But when I get a cold, I don't know about you, but for me, when I get a cold, the first thing to go is like my voice. And so after today, I was like, you know what? I'm not putting this off anymore. I don't sound that awful anymore. <laughs> so I'm just going to do it. But I'm excited you're here. Um, I thought I would just spend today kind of introducing myself and what I do. And it's kind of been inspired by a conversation I had with my grandmother before she passed away last year. Um, and just some things I've recently gone through were some kind of not so recent. <laughs> so yeah, let's just begin. Um, so for those of you who don't know, we lost my beautiful grandmother to pancreatic cancer on Christmas Eve last year, um, just five short weeks after she was diagnosed. It's been a rough journey. <laughs> this was a hard loss for myself and my family. Um, you know, it's really hard to watch a loved one go through that and knowing that there's absolutely nothing you can do. Um, it just happened so sudden and so fast. And I feel like my brain is still trying to make it make sense sometimes. And, you know, the, the human experience is just such a roller coaster of emotions. But this particular conversation I had with her was before she was even sick. Um, I don't even remember exactly what we were talking about, but it was just a casual conversation. We were driving home in my Jeep after leaving my sister's house. Uh, my grandmother lived with my family and I, my husband and I, and my son. And, um, and she brought up that there were some things that she wished she had done differently in her life. Um, actually, I think we were talking about how she wanted to decorate her bedroom because <laughs> when we moved to Florida from Arizona, her bedroom furniture, um, broke when we were trying to bring it downstairs. So, um, anyways, we were talking about bedroom furniture and she said that she would have stood up for herself more and that she would have advocated for what she wanted. She said in her words, I would have been more of a badass and started laughing. And I did too, because if you knew my grandmother, you knew she was not one to speak like that. Um, I remember being like, mammal. <laughs> That's what we called her. And she was like, well, I would have. We always had all brown furniture in our house. The outside of the house was brown. The trim's all brown. It was all nice furniture and a nice house, but I never really liked it. And she said, but your papaw did, which is my grandfather. And she was like, since that's what he wanted, that's what we did. I never really thought about what I wanted and I wish that I would have. So I decided to ask her, you know, what what would you have wanted? And she took a minute to think about it and said, 
I think I really would have enjoyed white furniture and cabinets, like our last house in Arizona. And I said, why? And she said, well, it just feels so bright and inviting and it's so cheerful. And I think it would have looked nice with that new furniture that looks like it's made out of mirrors. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) But that conversation just really stuck with me. Like, In her 80s, she was finally spending time to think about what she wanted out of her life. She finally gave herself the permission to dream it up and to actually think about it. And to me, it was like so inspiring. Um, It just got me thinking about what I actually wanted more than just about furniture, like about what being a badass was to me. And some of those things that I thought about was, you know, I want to lose my postpartum weight. I wanted to start my own business and live in a beautiful home and support my family. And then I started thinking even bigger and more specific, you know, like have a house with a pool and land and have a really good relationship with food, like a solid foundation with that. And I want to be financially free. I don't want my family or my son to ever have to worry about money. I want to be confident in my body and be confident in who I am. So I really just started exploring who I wanted to be. And I'll be honest, with that came a lot of internal resistance. (laughs) I found myself immediately shutting things down with no rhyme or reason. I'd be like, why did my brain immediately say no to that? Like to the point where I verbally said no out loud. Like, I don't want to say no to that. It's not something I want to say no to. And it was almost like, Immediately, it was that voice saying, you can't accomplish that. That's for other people. You won't be able to do that. You know, you won't follow through. You're not skinny enough. You don't have enough money. Basically, just you're not enough. (laughs) I was constantly telling myself I was not good enough as I was or am right in this moment. And that I will be good enough when, you know, fill in the blank, when I lose the weight, when I have more money, when I whatever. And I just thought that was really interesting because to me, I didn't feel like I hated myself or like I was being down on myself, even though clearly I was. But I started asking myself, why? Why do I feel like I'm not good enough? Like I was I was surprised to feel like I believed that, like I wasn't good enough. So after a ton of exploring, I realized it was because I was trying to live up to other people's expectations of what I should be from even a very young age, a small child, you know, people who had expectations that just simply couldn't be satisfied. And I had done that my whole life. I was trying to be who everyone wanted me to be to the point that I never really stopped to ask myself, who do I want to be? I let other people tell me who I was and what I was capable of. You know, I was trying to be the friend I thought people would like or the wife that I thought my ex wanted, the employee I thought my bosses wanted. You know, I was overextending myself and saying yes to things I wanted to say no to because I wanted people to like me. I wanted to be included. And I ended up becoming this insane people pleaser with zero sense of self-identity who, you know, in turn turned to food and was trying to eat her way out of feeling the discomfort that came with that. And let me tell you a little secret, (laughs) it never works. It actually makes everything way worse and gives you a whole other list of problems. But, you know, what, so what did work? 
I got sick of it. I got so sick of the way I was treating myself. I wanted to feel good. I wanted to accomplish my dreams and goals. I only wanted to say yes to things if I truly meant it, if it was something I really wanted to do. And even if that meant leaving some people behind, even if it meant I had to do it alone, I wanted to be authentic. I wanted to figure out who I wanted to be. I was going to put my feelings aside and push through it until I made it, right? Like that's what we are all told. I feel like from a young age, you know, don't don't think about that. You shouldn't feel that way. Don't feel that way. Don't worry about it. It's fine, <laughs> you know? And some may argue that sometimes you need to set your feelings aside to accomplish a task, but let me tell you, those feelings don't go away. <laughs> you just stored them in a very fragile container out of sight and they always come back around. You know, if you don't feel those feelings and actually process them, they are going to show up in other areas of your life. Or, you know, one day it's going to bust through the wall like Kool-Aid man when you least expect it. You're always forced to deal with them at some point. So let me give you an example. Um, some of you probably already know, but my ex-husband and I split in 2015 and when that happened, I went into survival mode. You know, I went through a phase of feeling everything and crying all the time to not really feeling anything and powering through. I just shoved my feelings aside to be able to survive. And I'm not going to go into details about our divorce now. Like that's another story for a different time. I don't even know if I'll even talk about that ever, <laughs> but it was very traumatizing. And the point is, Anytime those negative emotions would start to creep up, I would be like, I don't have time for this shit right now and shove them away, you know, and many of us do that. So then fast forward a few years, you know, I had met my now husband, Liam. We have a beautiful two and a half year old boy. We've been married for uh, our fourth wedding anniversary is actually this month, <laughs> but we've been together for almost eight years now. And we decided to get married. I was ecstatic. You know, we had a long engagement. It was almost two years. And I was so ready to marry Liam and start our lives together. I had no doubt that he was the one for me. And we ended up planning this intimate ceremony in Sedona in the mountains at sunset. Uh, we both wore all black. It was like an amazing wedding dress. I loved my dress so much. <laughs> and... We, um, after we got married, we had the ceremony down at the bottom of the mountains, kind of at the base. We decided to hire a Jeep tour and he took us and our photographer up to the top, um, where we hiked to a certain location. It's called Merry-Go-Round Rock in, uh, Sedona. And we took the most amazing pictures with the most amazing background, like just the view up there was just so stunning. It was like a dream come true. And the whole weekend, we rented a huge cabin for our friends and family to stay in for the weekend. You know, we grilled out, we had a little party, um, we had gourmet pizza for our dinner <laughs> after our wedding. It was just how we wanted, you know, we made the day really about us. We didn't do a huge wedding, we made it how we wanted it. And on our wedding night, after the ceremony was over, you know, almost four years after my ex and I had split, um, the floodgates opened and all of those negative emotions I had over the last however many years came up right all at once. I was a mess. I was terrified. I couldn't believe I had gotten married again. You know, what if he does the same thing? What if this doesn't work? I had so many thoughts about it, but I'm sure 
you get the picture. <laughs> and on top of all of that, I wasn't alone to process this. We had a house full of people and it all feels kind of like a blur to me, but I remember just like sobbing and crying myself to sleep with my poor new husband who was probably freaked the hell out wondering if he made a mistake. <laughs> he was trying to comfort me because he didn't understand what was happening. I didn't really understand what was happening either. And it wasn't how either of us saw our wedding night going down. I mean, we knew that. <laughs> and I don't think anyone really even knows that that happened. I felt really embarrassed and was kind of off for a few days afterwards. But when you just shove your emotions aside, you're literally just saving them for a later date. And it's a date that you don't get to decide. <laughs> they can be, things can be all sunshine and rainbows. And then the next thing you know it, bam, on your wedding night, they're like, oh, hey, the gang's all here. Remember us? <laughs> We're back. <laughs> so it's funny because even though I had been studying life coaching and personal development for, at this point, over eight years now, um, I have to say the biggest transformation period I've had has been over this last year. So for the first seven years, I dove into all sorts of, you know, certifications, podcasts, books, courses, you name it. I was consuming it and trying to apply it to my life in the best way that I could. And it was amazing. But also, honestly, there was a lot of trial and error, <laughs> obviously, you know, based on the story from my wedding night. <laughs> but what made this year so different, you know, aside from getting certified from the life coach school and working with Brooke Castillo, being coached regularly by my coaches, um, you know, aside from all of that, I realized I had to be willing and I recently, <clears throat> excuse me, I recently heard this definition of willingness that really resonated with me. And it was our ability to be open-minded, receptive, and ready to openly engage with our circumstances, thoughts, and feelings, even when it's uncomfortable or uncertain. I realized I had to be willing to be uncomfortable, sometimes to the point I felt like I was going to pass out or throw up or shit my pants or all of the above. <laughs> I had to be willing to fail, sometimes publicly. I had to be willing to be vulnerable. I had to be willing to be wrong. I had to be willing to be uncertain, to try something I've never done before. I had to be willing to feel my emotions, both positive and negative. I had to be willing to give up my own bullshit story that was holding me back. And that's all it is. You have to be willing to give up the story you tell yourself as to why you don't have the things you want or the life that you want. I also had to be willing to believe in myself. I had to be willing to invest in myself. And for me, that was with training and courses and getting coached myself and doing all of the inner work with that. And in doing all that work, I had to learn how to truly feel my emotions, not just cast them aside for a later day. Learning how to allow that fear or anxiety to coexist and just acknowledge it. You know, like, I see you, I hear you, but I'm still going to continue to move forward and not let it completely ruin my day. <laughs> and that has been such a game changer for me. Once I realized that the worst thing that could happen is that I feel a certain emotion, I got my power back. I felt like I had power over my life 
for honestly the first time in my life. You know, this isn't stuff that we are taught. <laughs> and the human experience is full of so many positive and negative emotions. Even with doing all this work, you know, you're still going to experience shame and doubt and fear and anxiety, maybe even among many other emotions as you go through life. That's just part of it. It doesn't mean anything has gone wrong. It means you're a human. You're simply just living the human experience. And what matters is what you do with these emotions. You know, you can be scared and still go nail a speaking engagement. You can be uncertain and still have an amazing marriage. You can coexist with your emotions. You know, I didn't achieve anything because I simply thought happy thoughts. You know, that's what some people think the key is. Just thinking happy thoughts. Don't think negative thoughts. But you have to take action. And taking action is so much easier when you can learn to allow negative emotions that are there to coexist. I can be uncertain and still act from a place of strength resilience, you know, being whole and fully capable. And you can too. You are whole, perfect, capable, resourceful, resilient, strong. The amazing list of things that you are is far more important and longer than the list of things you think that you are not. Your thoughts you have about yourself are just stories. They aren't true. You get to decide who you want to be and what you want to do. You're an adult. You have full agency over your life. You are where you are in this very moment because of the thoughts you have had about yourself, your life, and your circumstances. You know, we have over 60,000 thoughts a day. That's a lot. Most of them are even subconscious, you know? So I want to leave you with some questions to ask yourself. The first one being, what kind of life do you want to have? You know, dream big. If money's not an issue, if there's no issues, you can just simply write down, no one's going to judge you. You're not going to judge yourself on what you want. Write it down. You know, do you want to live in a certain area? Do you want to have a certain house? Do you want to start a business, make a certain amount of money, have kids, find a spouse? You know, what is it? What's the most badass thing you can think of? And then number two, What are your thoughts about your current life, your current job, current relationships, whether it's friendships, romantic, family relationships, money, your relationship with money? You know, take about, I don't know, five to 10 minutes, really sit down, write them all down, get them all on paper. And then the last one, number three, look at those thoughts about your current situation and look and see if they support your dream download that you just did in number one. Do they align with that dream or are they actually taking you in a different direction? You don't want to wait until you're in your 80s to start thinking about what you want out of life and how to get it. You know, I've had all the excuses too when the kids are older, or when I've actually had kids, (laughs) when I have a certain amount of money in the bank, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's, there's a million excuses. We all have them. You can take action towards the life you want right now. You can have the life you want right now. You can feel how you want to feel right now. You can be who you want to be right now. You know, you're capable 
right now, just as you are. Life doesn't wait for you to get your shit together. It's happening now. All right, my friends, I've had such a fun time talking to you guys today. I hope you have a gorgeous weekend and I will talk to you all next week. Hey, if this message resonated with you, I would love to invite you to head over to my website at briannedowney.com and join my email list. I send out weekly messages with topics similar to this, and you will be the first to know when my next podcast episode has been published. If you're interested in working with me, I would love to offer you a free one-hour consultation with me. We can talk about your goals and get all of your questions answered. If we agree we are a good fit, we can discuss what working together would look like. The link to my calendar is on my website. See you there.